Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Young Me Mayor. And I'm Brian Park. And we got to shout out our Patreon subscribers. Wow. Okay. Straight to business. Yeah. You know, I have no time. I'm a busy person, <laughs> single mom. You're in that wave where you're tell the guy like, look, I don't want to go on a date. Just fucking come over and let's Listen, fuck if you want. <laughs> the babysitter's off at 1130. <laughs> we got 48 minutes, Brian. <laughs> oh, trust me. If that were me, you would only need two minutes of that 48 okay. <laughs> ample time ample time oh you could, god you could even squeeze in a second okay after wow really okay yeah. that's good okay um cool so let's I do like our how you started roasting yourself sexually before we do it to our poor patreon subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm such a bad lay um okay go on so we're doing our patreon shout outs and yeah if you subscribe to our patreon the the way that we're gonna thank you is we're gonna talk about what kind of lover you are well how you are in the bedroom I like how we based on just your name, right? And I like how we say we're roasting then, but I think sometimes, sometimes, most of the time, it's it's nice. Roasty. Most of the times, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. So, we got a new crop here, so <laughs> <laughs> let's see how this goes. I wish okay. we had pictures, though. It's okay. That's me. <laughs> um, okay, so our first Patreon shout out goes to. I'm gonna note that he 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 subscribed at the chaotic adult level. How much is that? So that's $25 what? a month. He's down for the mission. Happy, Happy hour. hour. Yeah. Wow. Samedi Tan. Okay. So first of all, very rich. Oh. $25 a month for this. <laughs> <laughs> wow. He has money to burn. Oh, so he's so, a... Oh, yeah. He, I just learned this recently. He's a Findom. What's a Findom? What? It's, Why do you know something that I don't? What's a Findom? Young me, you know, Financial you, you, you don't give dom? me a lot, enough credit, but I'm pretty hip too. Okay. So Findom is, I'm going to botch this and we're going to get messages from people, but I think it's like the sugar daddy Ooh. relationship type of stuff falls yeah. under that umbrella category of Findom. Mm, okay. Where like men get off on like financially supporting podcasts. Okay. <laughs> so he's jerking off right now, knowing that we are eating lunch on his dime. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, baby, I got you. Hey, we're open-minded and whatever gets you off, like it's, we, we're benefiting from it. You're benefiting from it. This, yeah. is, a, this is a great relationship. We have we to have. show up to his apartment wearing teddies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Samedi Tan is a Findom and he orgasms sure. on the idea that he is supporting us and buying our lunches. Yeah. But we have to show up and we have to pretend that we're kittens or something, like start licking our face with our hands. Meow, meow, like something like that, right? Uh, I don't know That's if I totally me. agree with My you thing. on that, but <laughs> I mean, if that makes you happy, then I'll go with it. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Number two is Seiji Murdoch. How much money, Seiji? Uh, not chaotic adult. I didn't, I only pointed oh, out oh. Samedi because that was a- uh, You were so impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. Seiji Murdoch. Murdoch. That name is so like- wizardy also, sounding what well i was gonna say also could be super rich but it's spelled differently from rupert murdoch oh yeah. seiji murdoch hmm seiji murdoch sounds rich also okay <laughs> but i feel like this person gets off on us like bossing them around you know <laughs> i'm gonna go over and tell you what to do this room is messy or something <laughs> 
you no know sex until you clean your room, CG. Like that, that's the vibe I'm getting. The vibe I'm getting, okay. So to piggyback off of you, CG Murdoch sounds very rich. Yeah. But she, this person is not donating $25 a month. Therefore, the type of lover they are in bed, maybe Seiji, I, I don't even know. What is Seiji? Is that? I, I know, a, I met a Seiji once who was identified as male, but I Identified as male? Yes. Okay, where he's rich, but not doting 25. Maybe Seiji is the, the fucking best at cunnilingus. He's the best at going down on women. So- Makes them come immediately. They don't have to throw their money However, around. he has that power. But Seiji does not go down on women and just gets his. Just and once a year. Once a year, yeah. And then yeah, so he has the he, he has that <laughs> he has a superpower tongue. All right. But let's say seventy five percent of his hookups doesn't go down on the girl. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All Next. Right. Number three, it's just one letter L. <gasps> the letter L. <laughs> <laughs> That's hot. I don't know oh. who this person is. I don't know anything about them, but just choosing to go by the letter L. You think that's hot? It's fucking hot. This is probably a porn star, a <laughs> famous porn star, the <laughs> best in the bedroom. Okay. Who's wow. that porn star with the huge penis? All of Ron them. Ron Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Literally, that's the only prerequisite to being a porn star is having a huge dick. Honestly, I want to watch porn with people that have like moderate to small penises. I feel like that's what I'd be into. <laughs> the industry does not care about me. This person has just a huge, huge dick energy. <laughs> Maybe doesn't even have a penis, but just big, very big dick energy. Okay. My- so the PR person who pushed the Pete Davidson big dick energy was yeah, actually yeah. thinking of L yes. as the original inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. L, you got a huge dick. Uh, fourth is Sarah McGuire. Sarah McGuire. Sarah McGuire sounds like someone that bakes like blueberry muffins, but at like 3 a.m. on a Tuesday. <laughs> I was like, I gotta bring these for my coworkers. I don't know. So you're saying Sarah, that Sarah yeah. is not having a lot of sex. No, I feel like she... Seems very normy, and then just this, like this is very mean hooking up. <laughs> this is hooking just up with roasting. the hooking up with the bartender down the street with like eye eyelid tattoos. You know, oh, you know what I mean. But but you don't she, know that about Sarah. But right, right, right. She, she's hooking up with the bartender at what's a cool bar? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> We're <I'm> such losers. <laughs> what's a cool bar in Bushwick? I don't know. I don't say Union Pool. Don't say Union Pool. <laughs> This is a cool guy from Union Pool. Like we're such losers. We're like naming a bar from like the ni- late nineties. <laughs> Tavern um. on the green. <laughs> so out of touch. <laughs> Where the cool kids go, man. She's she's hooking up with that guy in the bathroom. Right. Okay. Okay. So when she fucks the bartender with eyelid tattoos, keeps on the very low low. You would never know that her, about her. Her outward brand is I'm baking blueberry pie and bringing it to the office because yeah. I'm Sarah McGuire. Yes. But on the on the way low, let's say she had a bad night at work, 11 p.m. on a Tuesday. I'm going to Tavern on the Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tavern on the Green. <laughs> I'm going to fuck the bartender you know and was not like- tell a single soul about this. Yeah. All right. <laughs> We're such... I, you know what? Uh, we are interesting people. 
Um, last person? Last person. I can't remember if the last person asked to not be named, but I'm sorry. Maybe I'll purposely botch it a little bit. So it's, it's, um, and go. And. Well, it's a, yeah. On or and go. Hmm. And go. I have like such a bias with the name Anne because, you know, one of my closest friends, Anne Ishii, who was on the show. However, it's it's spelled, spelled different. differently. Okay. Where it would uh, suggest that this person is a man. Oh, well then. The Viet way of spelling it. You were like, um, I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to, you're like, I'm going to make sure that I'm like <laughs> this one. I think this person doesn't want to be named. So I'm going to, I'm just going to spell it. I'm going to spell the whole name. He lives on 453 Withers Street on go. What's 453 Withers Street? Am I supposed to know that? No, I'm just trying to expand oh, on the Oh, you're trying joke to give more information. Doxing this person, but you didn't He's get it. He's 33 years so old. It's just awkward. He's a Virgo. <laughs> Sagittarius moon. <laughs> All right. Com- complete the circle, young me. How does this man or woman? This person sounds like they are not into sex. One hundred percent asexual what? is the vibe I'm getting. I'm psychic. This I always bo- say this, this every bold. single time. Not into sex, just asexual. All I have to say is, if you DM me asking to not be named, and now that you're hearing young me say that you're a hundred percent asexual, hates to fuck. I am very sorry. Just like and sex is beneath them. You know what I mean? Like they're too important, oh. and they have too many important oh. things to do. And oh. sex is like too like primitive, you know? It's too lowbrow. Okay, so are we talking like he's a CEO? Probably. But he also, he cares. He's very passionate about his company. So he doesn't want to fuck. He doesn't have time. Attention. He doesn't have time for the bartender or is the, are, with the Are, are we talking tattoos? like spiritual, like transcendence where he... Maybe a little bit of martial arts. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. That's the vibe I'm getting. Great. So he's a CEO who doesn't have a rampant coke addiction and fucks mistresses. He's a CEO no. that does a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. And yeah, green it. juice. I don't know. That's what. That's the vibe I'm getting. I feel like we're going to lose Ian. Goodbye. Subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. We love you. Anyways, guys, thank you for your Patreon donations. Um, for those of you listening, please support the podcast. You can donate at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. And are you ready to introduce? Should we introduce our guest? Yes, Yanni? I'm so excited. Okay, I'm super excited. Guys, uh, this week on the podcast, we have another young person. Yes. 25. Yeah. But you know what's cool about that? We were doing Instagram live and we were asking everyone what their ages were because we were like, we want to know what's our demographic. And a bunch of them were like 25, 24. Yeah. So so you guys are in for a treat and a fellow 25 year old. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also done much more than be 25. He was a former writer for Hassan Minaj's Patriot, Patriot Act and he is an incredible comedy writer. Yeah. Um, Anyways, guys, please give your ears to Moss Pericone. Hi. Hello. Thank you guys for having me. This is this is such a fun way to start a podcast. It's so exciting. <laughs> it was really enjoyable. You were. I, I saw you laughing, and I was like, "Moss is laughing." I was I, just as a fan of the podcast. I was loving that. <laughs> wow. We have to roast Moss. Should we roast you? No. I was gonna oh, I, after a, this. I was gonna become a patron. A patron just because I was like, I want to know what. I have a very good sex name, I think. Moss Pericone. Moss yeah. Pericone. Should we do it? Good... We'll throw it in for free. You don't even have to oh donate. Oh my God. Thank you. Wow. If I didn't, you know, yeah. Well, just by it his makes name. it a little difficult because there are personal 
elements to this because we know Moss. That's true. You guys we have know both too much. With me. Um, yeah. Right, right, right. We both. <laughs> <laughs> it was disappointing. It Question was mark. Uh, oh, uh, that was honestly the last time I've come. I'm, I am in love with you, Moss. Wow. Oh my God, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Since we've both slept with him, we can't really give an authentic base, but I I'm still like going to do gonna it. Finish. Okay, oh. go on. Moss, I would say I'm not even, I'm not even trying to be funny cries a lot <laughs> a lot <laughs> like, i will say this is very unfair because right cry. before the podcast i, I explained like six horrible romantic entanglements that i'm in and so i think i came across as a very uh a very emotional person and i guess I, that's actually kind of accurate i um, i wasn't even basing it on those stories <laughs> i just that's what the vibe i get yeah vibe check it's true. A lot of crying. Like, you know, the kind of crying where at first you're like, oh, this is romantic and sweet. <laughs> and then it goes on a little too long. And you're just like, all right, man. Okay. <laughs> That's my, is that, is that accurate? <laughs> um, n- not particularly, but not, not accurate, I guess. Okay. Um, I haven't never cried during sex, but it's not every time. All right. Um, wow. I weirdly run into Moss at concerts. Yeah. And I think one time I ran into you at Tame Impala uh-huh. at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and wow. I was with a friend and my friend was like, oh, I think my friend was kind of seeing that dude. And I feel like Moss is a, he's a bit of a Lothario. Oh, my God. Wow. A crying Lothario. A crying Lothario, yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. crying all over town. Right, but here's the thing. Moss has that French, like, minimalist APC vibe. So APC he's not, he's vibe, not, he's yeah. Not, like, he's never... If he's, like, with his boys and, they're like, trading hookup stories, Moss is the one who isn't really saying much about his quote-unquote conquests because deep right. inside he knows that he's fucking more than all of the people at the table i think that's what that's like the basis of big dick energy it's like the quiet just like yeah it's like yeah that's cool that you did that mm-hmm. yeah and also dick. lots of tears <laughs> then also crying big wow. dick energy right. big full of tears yeah. um yeah, yeah. Was so, that everything that you dreamed for? That was really good. For? I love that. That was okay. fantastic. <laughs> oh man, young man, how are you feeling? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you feel bad? What? That I didn't pay for that. I would have happily. Well, you can still pay. Bucks. <laughs> Please <laughs> feel free to subscribe, Moss. <laughs> There's nothing really stopping you. You could actually do it right now no, no, on no, your I got phone. I needed. Phones <laughs> in your hand. What is that? It's like you know, like when when you're going out to dinner with your friend and they're like, "I'm gonna Venmo you," and I'm like, just, yeah. "Why don't you just do it right now?" Yeah. <laughs> you're looking at your phone and then they're like, "Never like, Venmo no, 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 you." I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna Venmo you. Trust me. <laughs> it's twelve ninety five, man. Like, <laughs> um, how am I feeling? Okay, so I wanted to tell this story because something very funny happened to Brian and I. So as you know, if you subscribe a certain amount to Patreon, we do bonus episodes and we do like the most chaotic sex dating stories. Like it's just it's just advertises our dating stories. But then they also just coincidentally happen to be very chaotic because young me and I are we just tragic and exciting. We say everything. And so then I told the story we just recorded a few days ago. Yeah. And the Patreon episode is coming out today, the bonus episode. If you, right. if you're, well, I, I guess by the Donate time this comes Patreon out. Donate to our Patreon for exclusive access you've, to it. So if you, you've probably heard the dating story if you're subscribed to Patreon. But so I told Brian the story about this like weird thing that happened, not weird, but just like a weird thing that happened with this person. 
and I was like showing him like the texts that were sent to me and we were just Mm -hmm. like laughing, having a fun time recording the Patreon episode. And then afterward, Brian and I were like, oh, let's go get lunch. So then we went across the street to this restaurant near Brian's apartment. And out of the corner of my eye, I see the person (gasps) that I was talking to Brian about on the Patreon episode just chaotically bopping around. This person is pure chaos. Bopping around on the street, <laughs> hair blowing in the wind. And it was wow. so. And then I, the funny thing is that, like, I immediately, I didn't even notice this, but I immediately, like, pulled my mask up and started immediately switched to Korean and just started <laughs> speaking fully Korean to Brian. I was just like, oh my God, that person that I was talking about is right behind you and he's walking around. And I was just like, and then he, Brian was like doing that thing where, you know, like in middle school where your crush comes in the room and, and you're like, oh my God, there's my crush. And yeah. then your friend is like, huh, like, like making a big show. I was like, oh, don't, yeah. like, don't, like, don't look, look Brian. Yeah. And he was like looking like he was doing that fake stretchy thing. He's like, oh, I'm just stretching my arms. Oh, and I was like, Brian, I was sincerely stretching. I also wanted to see what the fuck this guy looked like. And I can confirm that. See, these are the types of dudes where, as a dear friend of mine, young me, I'm like, why are you? Why him? Yeah. <laughs> why? Okay, Brian, but you also said that he was hot, though. Oh, that's a that's a good reason why him. Uh, oh. a, <laughs> let's just say he has a tank top with skinny jeans, but skank top, t- but which is top a tank top like, that's cut where it's down cut the on side. the side. Oh, it's called the where it's like top. really where, where it reveals like the profile view of their torso. Oh, interesting. I, th- I have to say this is a person. This is a type of person I've never encountered before. I don't think I've seen this beat of clothing. <laughs> You've before. never seen a skank top? Never seen a skank top. What Bro, is this person? I what want, is like the? I want to see less of this. It's, so uh, please, wow. let's I feel hang like out more. He's rocking the skank anymore. top because he had those like super side abs. It's what? It's like 90 degrees out. Skank, skank top. Skinny jeans tucked into like boots. I didn't see that. Was much. the skank top tucked into the skinny jeans? <laughs> no, but okay, the skinny, so okay. but skinny jeans tucked into boots. Ninety mm. degree weather drives a motorcycle. Oh, interesting. It's a. Uh, I don't want to give away. I don't think he's gonna listen to this, but it doesn't matter. It's too vague anyway. Um, but the best part was that. I, so now I'm like speaking Korean with my mask on, being like, Brian, don't look, don't look. But I was like. You know, we were talking about there's so many weird coincidences that happen with Brian and I. And we keep right. running into people that we're having sex with. The next day, I ran into somebody else that I have. I, I didn't have sex with that guy. But like I had to, I ran <laughs> somebody else like two days in a row. I kept like running into people that I've slept with. And I was like, the universe is trying to tell me something. I'm a whore. <laughs> like, like, cool, thanks, it universe. On, cool it on sleeping with so many people. Yeah. Um, no, but then the funny thing about the that incident was that when I I just met this per, the chaotic like skank top guy uh-huh. and I just talked about it on the Patreon episode. Yeah. We just saw him and I was hiding. I was like hiding my face. I don't think he saw me. Right. But he had a dog. And when I had met him, I petted his dog for like an hour because okay. I have like fake nails. And I was like scratching the dog and like dogs love that. They're like, yeah. <laughs> and so then I was like hiding my face. But then his dog ran up to me because he remembered me. Oh, my God. And it was like, like kind of confusedly <laughs> looking at me. And I was like, go away. Oh. <laughs> and then he jumped on his motorcycle and he had a sidecar. And the, this is the, he has a sidecar of his motorcycle just for, the for dog. his dog. Where and the, the dog has like a helmet thing with goggles. And I'm <laughs> like, this guy, this is all so effective. Like, you know, you're acutely aware of okay. what you're doing. So he bro. jumped on the motorcycle. This is all happening. He's parked literally next to Brian. 
Oh my and I'm God. still like blocking my face. And then as he jumps on his motorcycle, the woman sitting next to me freaks out and goes, oh my God, that's so cute. And she's like, can I take pictures of you and your dog? So she's like literally standing there taking pictures of him. And he's like fully posing. I feel like he's like, what? Here's my fucking. So yeah. this is like working for this guy. This is an yeah, effective for look. Yeah. And See, just to be clear, this is this is a very specific person. This is not like a type of guy. This is just. This is like I feel like this is a type. It's this like is a type okay. of yeah, guy. adjacent. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I was I, like, is this a skater? Is this like a? No, it's like Burning Man. It's not a skater. It's yeah. just like somebody that I should have nothing to do with and in my real he, life. A few days later, he texted you, invited you to a place because he's spinning records there. Kill me, oh Moss. Please, <laughs> I want records? the. I want death. Why are you I want the sweet records? release of death. Why are you spinning records? Nobody wants that. To text to text that to someone is at so 1 insane. That's but I see. I feel like we're like of the same. We're cut from the same cloth. Like, yeah. I aspire to have like. What is it like to just text that and like not have to overthink and just be like, yep, I'm going to text this and this is good. I, I don't know though. I feel like some things need to be overthought. That's like one thing where it's, I don't even know if that's overthinking. I feel not. like we are all in the same boat where we would never. Right. But yeah. then I feel like that person is winning in life because he would. A hundred percent. He just 100% percent it does works it. because if it didn't work, he would not do it. I don't know that. I feel like that's a person who has a lot of people who make fun of him to their friends. That's a person who's <laughs> a lot of like getting roasted in every group text in Brooklyn. I honestly, like, I was like first when like when I told the story to Brian, I was like, this is so chaotic and terrible. But then I was like, kind of want to keep texting this person because I want more material. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, that I just thought that was a weird coincidence. Crazy coincidence. Right? So funny. It's not weird. It's really funny. Brian, how are you feeling? I'm like coming to, ter something weird is going on in my internal whatever. And, you know, I've felt, I've always felt very comfortable being by myself, being independent, doing shit by myself. I'm pretty introverted. I think because I was doing that for so long during quarantine that I am, I'm so clingy and like starved for connection now. Like in the past few episodes of this podcast, I have been complaining about how lonely I feel. And this week was really hard. I was so depressed and to the point where I was just, I never, I rarely do this because we talk about how embarrassing it is to admit to a friend that you feel lonely. Yeah. I was doing that. I did that to three different friends this week. Oh, I've just been beside myself. And, uh, this weekend was nice because I was able to finally like open up and just have those feelings be confirmed uh -huh. because it felt nice knowing that I wasn't the only one, even w among my friends that I was like the only one feeling this way. You said it and your friends said also they yeah. also feel lonely. Yeah. And I reconnected, but the thing was like, I reconnected with an old friend of mine who she, we were like texting each other and like catching uh, up on each other's lives and mm -hmm. she's texting me and goes Brian I, I could just tell from your text that you're incredibly depressed oh, <laughs> I was like oh God. no and she's like if you write one more haha -ha, I am going 
I am going to question if you've truly killed yourself. <laughs> and so now I'm very self conscious. I'm not writing any more ha-has in my text. Yeah. Is ha-ha a sad thing? I didn't think so, but now I'm thinking about all my texts. Like, I think I come across as very depressed. I'm always saying ha-ha. I'm always saying ha-ha. And I'm like, oh shit. Maybe I'm going to convert to the LOL now. How yeah. close of a friend that she is that she could read the depression and the ha-ha. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Read between the ha-ha. I, um, you've been telling me that you're really lonely. You're like, oh, I've been trying to hang out with my friends and everyone sort of like is blowing me off. And I was like, I am your friend. You've never asked to hang out. <laughs> but that's on me though, because yeah. I, I have this like complex where I assume that people don't want to hang out with me. Yeah, yeah. me too. So, me like too. I feel weird. Like, sending an invitation like hey i want to go to the beach sorry is that fucking stupid like you know i know it's a dumb thing like i don't know if you want to do this whereas like if people invite me to their place i don't immediately like accept it right away you know because yeah. like yeah. i'm also like you know fumi uh, yesterday invited me to a cookout at his backyard and, yeah like, my immediate reaction for me was like oh he doesn't really want me there like he's yeah. just like, yeah. kind of inviting me as a formality but then i had to like talk myself out of that where I'm like, you know what? No, I just have to accept this at face value. If someone doesn't want you there, they wouldn't fucking invite you. Yeah. Yeah. It's I like have that so too. Much like insecurity I have that, that I have to work yeah. through. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, what's great about getting really lonely is it forces you to work through that and like to go to places like that, that you probably wouldn't go to. Like, I feel right. like I've accepted so many invitations in the last month that I never would have accepted just because <laughs> I'm like, I'm so lonely. Yeah. And like, not because I think people are stupid or I don't want to hang out with them, but because it's like, I would have that feeling of like, oh, does this person really want me there? Are they just being nice? Would I go and then not really have a good time? You right. know, like you get to a point where you're like, fuck yeah, I'll do, I'll, I will meet you anywhere. I will like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I get so few invitations to anything. <laughs> and I feel like I'm so, I'm so a lot that I think I somehow I'm like past that where I'm like, oh, this person knows what they're getting into if they're inviting me. Oh, interesting. So they mm. must want me there. But also I think that nobody ever wants me anywhere too. Let's you know get dinner I mean? in K-Town this week. Okay, let's do it, Brian. Okay. <laughs> don't invite mom. <laughs> I was like, they don't want me there. I'm not gonna. <laughs> Can he still hear us? No, obviously. No, I would love to. Are you kidding me? I would love to go to K-Town with you too. Oh, we would yeah. like, so I have friends, everyone. Yeah. They are actively enjoying yeah. hanging out with me. <laughs> For sure. I mean, yeah. See, Moss, you're, you're one of those. I don't know. We haven't really like hung out that much no, outside of comedy. Yeah. But I'm, it's like, do you ever have those people where you're like, damn, I want to be friends with them, but yeah. I just don't know oh how God. to like make this materialize. Actually, Brian and I were talking about this before you got here. I was like, he said the same thing. He's like, I haven't really hung out with Moss, but I just feel like really comfortable around him. And I was like, me too. I think I've met him like one time oh, and I was already like, oh, he's like my friend, like in my That's head. That's so sweet. I love that. Have That's people really told sweet. that? Have you people have told you that? a politician. It's the Bill Clinton <laughs> People effect. have told me that and it's confusing to me. Um, <laughs> Because I feel like I generally don't feel comfortable with people. And so, oh. and it's a weird thing where when people tell me that they very quickly feel comfortable with me, I'm like, it's almost a thing of like, wait, why is this so easy for you? Like, this is yeah. so hard for me. This, but I think it's very sweet. It's like cursed with a friendly face. Yeah. A friendly demeanor. <laughs> I feel like I could just like tell you anything. That's so funny. Yeah. People, people say a lot of weird shit to me because I think it's, yeah, I think I have very inviting eyes or something. 
I think it's I your whole like your personality. Yeah, I don't it's know. The big dick energy. It's the, <laughs> it's how much time I spend crying during sex. I get it all out. <laughs> I'm very open. <laughs> I'm vulnerable. Uh, Moss, how are you feeling? <laughs> oh, I'm feeling bad. I'm I'm doing really bad. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. I uh, I've just been in a funk. I. I, I won't. I won't go too into details, just because. Uh, of course, this this situation is still ongoing, and I, I don't want to give anyone else's shit away. But um, I I personally, I had a very, I had a heartbreak a couple weeks ago. No. Um, and it's just weird to have that in all of this, where it's like to to feel this way, and I feel like I felt this way maybe once before. I had like one really bad heartbreak mm-hmm. three years ago, where the kind you know where you're just kind of like floored and you can't really eat, and like your body just feels like a little bit different. Mm. Yeah, and the first time that happened, I I was it was hard because I didn't know that that could happen. I didn't know that like a breakup could be that bad. Like the first yeah. one you have, I was probably like, it's probably twenty one or twenty two, and I was just like, I, I was like, this must be specific to me because I cannot imagine yeah. that everyone feels this way at some point and is fine, mm-hmm. and everybody does, and it's it's just very painful. But I think it was easier then because I could like with stand up. It's like you have like. There's a place you can go every night. You have your shows. Yeah. And then if you don't have a show, it's like you have places that you know your friends will be because their names are on the poster. So it's like, I know this person will be there. I can go right. and show up and just like drink and talk, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that it's it, that was so nice to have. And to go through that again without any of that is like, oh, this is really fucking hard. Yeah. It's like the loneliness is like being in your room being like, OK, I'm sad. Yeah. And uh, OK. And what? And then it's like, I guess I just wait till nighttime. Like there's nothing. To yeah. Do. <laughs> And then nighttime feels way worse. Yeah. Oh, but I'm it's sorry. okay. No, it's totally fine. I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, I feel like these things, as serious as they are and as bad as they hurt, yeah. are always fine. In a year, I will feel so fine. I will like, it'll just be kind of funny. But it's just, it's pain, but it's like not serious pain, you know? I think it's serious pain. I think it's, I have like PTSD from like some breakups. Yeah. You know, like it's a weird thing, like what you say, say because it's like, Obviously, every single song that's ever been written is about breaking up, but like, yeah. like people, like it is like a traumatic event. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. trauma. Yeah, breakup, and I feel like a lot of people get fucked up for life from a lot of breakups that they experience in their early twenties. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh God, I hope not. Oh. I mean, no, like they never resolve these. Yeah, like, yeah, like the other. I feel like I went to therapy once, and I was talking about this breakup that I had when I was. 20 years old and I was like shit I don't think I ever fucking recovered from that that wow. sucked it I mean really I did hurts. yeah 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 it's it's it you're right it's it's just traumatic it's like yeah I mean to lose somebody that you've in in whatever way constructed a little life around is is like it, you grieve and it it's yeah. it's very painful and like but I mean like you said it's probably so much it is so much worse in these circumstances because yeah. you don't have as many distractions yeah, to yeah. do it with no distractions, no job. Like I was working. I was like, I this was actually right when I started at Patriot Act, and so it was like I had that excitement of like, oh, this is this is all consuming. Like this is kind of taking me away from that. Yeah. Now Patriot Act is over. I have no job. <laughs> there, the world has shut down. Yeah. It, it feels designed to make this breakup very hard. Right. Um, you have to like look at yourself in the mirror yeah. and be like, what is wrong with me specifically? That yeah. This is going on. <laughs> But it's yeah. very interesting. It's like, it's interesting to observe what's happening to me. To be like, mm. oh, this is how I, this is how I would feel if this was happening. This is like, it's it's just interesting. I feel like during these times, any sort of 
negative emotion is like almost unbearable because yeah. it's, it's like I have, I'm so stressed out about work, about my life, about everything that's going on. Like everything else has to feel good or nice. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, like I like hook up with people. I'm single. Yeah. But now I've like stopped interacting with a lot of people because I'm like, I can't risk that this person's going to reject me. Yeah. So I'm just not going to talk to them. You oh, know what I mean? Because yeah. if this, if I'm like, even if it's someone I'm hooking up with or whatever, if I text them and they don't reply, like that feeling, it's too much for me. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not going to deal with, I, I need everyone around me to be safe feeling. Mm-hmm. And like, all, even my friends, like I need this person to be like a safe feeling person. Yeah. Mm. You know? I almost feel like that's maybe in some ways a good thing though. Cause yeah. I, I feel like maybe I pain to me doesn't feel real until it's happened. And so I don't have a good sense of like, Oh, this is something that will hurt me in the end. And I will just kind of launch myself into anything and then it'll hurt. Yeah. And I'll be surprised by that as opposed mm-hmm. to like very early on being like, Oh, this is going to end horribly. I should not, uh, I should not invest myself into this. Whether it's romantic or anything. Um, I, yeah. I think I just recently started being like, okay, maybe don't. Because I was like you where I just jump in everything. Like, yeah, yeah I love it. This feels great. Like that. Totally. And now I'm like, okay, wait. I I, I need to cool it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm gonna, I don't want to cry again. Like, yeah. you know. Right, right. But I've just recently like learn that mm-hmm. but i still think that my personality is more like yours where i'm just like i'm gonna do it yeah it almost feels like bad things can't happen like yeah I, yeah, yeah even yeah. just not even romantically like i bike without a helmet all the time and i had a horrible <laughs> bike accident like a month ago and oh like God. up until that point it was really bad but until that happened i was like well i know it's dumb to ride my bike around without a helmet and to go on these long bike rides without a helmet but yeah. like that's it's not, not gonna, gonna happen, happen to me. me. Yeah. yeah, I'm so oh, lucky. Shit. And That's... then I just got thrown off the bike. Oh my god! god. Landed on my head. Had oh to go to the hospital. God. It was really bad. Oh my wow. god! My, the last of my wounds are healing right now. Oh, where, my where, god. where did you get injured? I, I dislocated my shoulder, what? and I, um, I somehow thank God my head was fine because I, I went over the bars and landed on my face, and. Oh my uh, God. I think what happened is my shoulder kind of came down and broke some of the fall. Okay. Yeah. And they were worried that I had brain bleeding, which was so fucking scary. They were like, the doc, I just, it sounds brain like I'm making bleeding. this up, but a doctor really said, he was like, you seem fine, but there's a type of brain bleeding that happens so slowly that you won't know until it kills you. Oh my God. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, is there anything we can do? And he was like, yeah, we can give you a CAT scan, but do you really want to do that? And I was like, should I do it? And he was like, oh, I don't know. I mean, and I was like, well, what happens if we don't do it? And he's like, well, there's a chance, you know, you, you it, it could kill you. And I was like, so we should do it. And he was like, yeah, but you know, it's kind of late. And I was like, <laughs> ended up not doing it. And for two weeks I was like, all right, oh I could die at any second. And oh like, my God. I don't know who this Crazy. fucking doctor is. It was so Why? scary. Yeah. Oh um, my god. But yeah, it was it was awful. Holy shit. Um, so crazy. That is insane. So Moss. insane. And oh my god, this is the other insane thing is that when it when I got up after I'd fallen, I like called my dad just because yeah. I was like, I just just listen to me talk and tell me if I'm coherent. So I, I want to make sure that I can yeah. bike myself to the doctor. Right. Yeah. Um and so I talked and uh, we were talking and I was like, well, I just don't want what happened to Liam Neeson's wife to happen to me. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Where she shit. hit her head and she thought she was fine and then she died. Dude, I remember that. Yeah. Oh my Shocking. God. And then when I was in the doctor's office and he was explaining the brain bleeding thing, there was a nurse in the corner and she looked up and she was like, oh, that's what happened to Liam Neeson's wife. What? And I was like, no, <laughs> fuck you guys. 
It was so annoying. That is my worst nightmare yeah. that I get an accident and I think I'm okay and I'm just like eating dinner. I'm like, yeah. and then die. <laughs> Jesus. Dude. That's crazy. It was crazy. so crazy. Oh my God. Well, yes. I'm glad wow. that your brain wasn't bleeding. Thank you so much. I know it's, I don't know how slowly the bleeding happens. I could drop dead any second, maybe, I guess. Maybe yeah. still. <laughs> Be a very exciting No, podcast. I think you're out of, out of the window. <laughs> I think so, it's yeah. It's been a month? It's been a little over a month, yeah. Yeah. God must damn. Be good. I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to say Thank there's you. no way that you I don't know if he was a doctor, bleeding. honestly, the way he was talking to me. <laughs> Holy shit. Moss, <laughs> Moss confirmed big dick energy. <laughs> Up top just goes, yeah, I've been feeling kind of bummed. <laughs> Proceeds to tell about a brutal heartbreak and then a near-death experience that consists of brain bleeding. If and I saw you on the street, I'd be like, there's nothing going on with that man. He has a wonderful life. He actually That's has inviting so eyes. I want to be his yeah. friend. I want to tell him everything. He looks like he just got back from Santorini or something. He's just so relaxed. Oh, that's oh so my sweet. God. Well, here, wow. here's another funny connection is that I got into the bike accident because I was texting this person. <gasps> what? Oh, I know. The person that you just broke up with? Yeah, break up. It was a weird situation. Wow. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. wow, wow. Coincidences. This world is, what does mean wow but you're i bet you're what does it mean you're such a sweetheart oh, that i feel you. like you would have responded like hey sorry i was mia for a bit i almost <laughs> just i was in the died. hospital <laughs> was in the hospital Didn't mean to ignore you there that's so yeah the, the text chain is so funny because it's like we're texting whatever and then there's like a three-hour gap and then it's me just being like hey sorry i've been in the hospital <laughs> that's amazing wait i think that this trait of like being under a lot of stress and pressure and pain but br pretending that everything is fine is super asian yeah. so with that i'm gonna ask you <laughs> Moss, how Asian are you? <laughs> I'm weirdly Asian. I'm like Asian in a way that I, th I I don't know how common it is. I'm I'm half Indian and I'm half Italian, but the Indian family, um, my whole life they were in India and I would see them every couple of years and I went to visit, but my whole Italian family, I grew up with like very closely. And so like, I don't, I don't feel very Indian. I was raised purely Italian. I don't know a lot about Indian culture. And like, yeah. it was funny when I started that Patriot Act, I was like, mispronouncing everyone's names. I was like, <laughs> they were, I would get put on things that were like Indian things and I would just be like, I don't know how to tell you guys. Like, I'm not, I'm not Indian. Like I have oh, the God. face of an Indian man, but like, I don't I know. I remember when you first started that job, you told, I was like, oh, how is it? And you're like, dude, I'm working on this assignment about the Indian election and yeah. I'm so overwhelmed right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was so, there were so many names that I didn't know. They were they're just well-known people in Indian parliament and like, all the Indian people and staff were like just using shorthand and stuff. And I was like, I don't know any of these names. I don't, I barely know who it, it was just insane. That's so funny. <laughs> oh so where God. did you grow up? I grew up in Southern California. Okay. With your uh, like Italian side of your family. Yes. Yeah. And we have like a big family compound that my great grandpa built like a many, cult. It's, it's very cultish. It's a, it's a huge, like massive Italian family. And there's yeah. these three houses in Southern California that everyone kind of grew up in. They're all next door to each other. Um, like my dad grew up there. I grew up there. Wow. Um, and everyone lives there in the summertime. Every mm. All of the people come, there are beds in the hallways. What? Yeah. And I was one of the only people at a certain point who lived there full time. So mm. everyone would come. It would be like a ton of people. The room, All the rooms filled in the summer. And then during the year, it would just be me and my dad. Whoa. And so it was a very interesting. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, so your dad's Italian. My dad is Italian. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it was so, like we would have the big dinners every Sunday making sauce and like that I feel very close to and yeah. the Indian thing. I'm like, I just, yeah, as a, I like Indian stuff as a white person likes Indian stuff. It was Whoa. very funny in college, like going to college with a lot of Indian people. Um, I went to NYU where there were tons of Indian people and it was right. like, 
I had not really grown up around a lot of Indian people. So like suddenly being around all of them, I was like, oh, I, I'm not like you guys at all. You guys all know things that I do not know. It was oh, really? like, yeah, so funny. How does that feel? Yeah. It feels, I think more than anything, it just kind of felt funny where it's like, oh God, this is, I'm totally that guy. And like, again, I remember I, I made a friend named uh, Sachin. Yeah. Um, and for weeks I was calling him Sachin or whatever. Mm. And then like a white person was like, you know, it's Sachin, right? And I was like, oh, oh I totally didn't know that. I had no idea. Um, that is so funny. That's really funny. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. it's an interesting, I think, yeah, I think more than anything, it was just kind of silly. Um, right. And so would you say that your time at Patriot Act, like it sounds like, you reconnecting with your yeah. Indian identity because you had to like do a lot of stories that focused on this and like totally the cultural language of it. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's like an aspect of the show that I really enjoyed is that I felt like it was very unapologetic in its use of like Brown quote unquote, like Brown humor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um, that's, that's a great way to put it. I think, uh, yeah, I think having to fake it a little bit at first and like, okay. I think that helped a lot because it's just like, oh, like I'm, you know, and my mom is Indian. So like I would talk to her about these things and like, like mom, what does this mean? Whatever. And like, yeah. that was a good way to learn about things. And I, I think in more than one way, it was like a huge education of just like culturally, but also just like, I think those are very formative years for me. And so like, mm. I just, it, I, it's funny to like come in as one person and then leave as just a totally different person. Mm. Wait, so is your mom very Indian? Like she grew up there and stuff? Or Yeah, she, she she grew up there, I believe, until she was probably seven or eight. Oh, and okay. then her dad was a doctor and he had, I guess the story is that, and I don't know how true this is, but what I've heard is that he wanted to be an actor. And so he moved the family to LA and became like a, a resident doctor at like UCLA or something. But I guess, I don't think he ever tried to be an actor, but maybe just generally was attracted by it I don't know but somehow they ended up in LA and so she spent most of her teenage years in California okay okay um, so yeah. just, she's like pretty American then because I Super feel like American. yeah if you move when you're seven that's like yeah technically you're like second generation is that how that or, works third, third generation yeah it's like yeah. two and a half I think two and a two half, and a half sounds good yeah. Right. So you're like very American. Yes. Right. Right. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I'm super American. Yeah. Um, so when you see like shows or there's like an increase in Indian representation or just mm-hmm. brown representation, does that like resonate with you at all? Or is it similarly like, oh, I'm like different, you know? Yeah. I think that's, that's such an interesting question. I think it's, I think in some ways it resonates and in some ways it doesn't. I think seeing like, I think seeing people as simple and shallow as it is, I think seeing people with a similar face as you is like, has an emotional impact. I don't know how significant it is, but like emotionally very effective. Like I remember when um, Aziz was on Human Giant. Yeah. And I remember just seeing him being like, well, what is this weird little Indian guy going to do? Like, I remember thinking it's so weird that he was on TV. I, I genuinely thought like, that's how did he get on TV? He probably won't be again. And then he popped Whoa. up again. I really was like, wow, what a fluke. Yeah. Uh, it seems so, I don't know why, but just seems so out of the question. And yeah. then to see him like with stand up and then with master of none, when like, yeah, he was just, you know, just the show about him living this life. I was and like, he was in Italy too. At that. Yeah. Oh, that was so weird. That was insane. <laughs> that, that felt like it was just for me. Um, <laughs> it was the Moss season. Um, yeah, that had a, that made me very emotional. I, this is so stupid to say, but there was a scene in master of none of Aziz having sex. Yeah. And um, I was probably in college, maybe when I saw that or maybe late high school, but 
I saw that and I like cried a little bit. And Aww. I was like, I don't know why I'm crying, but it's like, that just seems so insane. Like yeah. the, I think you just, as an Indian person, maybe sometimes you don't see yourself as a very sexual person. Mm. And um, yeah, to see that was just like, whoa, what the fuck? This is not what I associate with people with this face at all. Sexually like desirable. desirable. Yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting. Cause it's like the absence of people that look like you on TV doing stuff makes you think that that's not desirable or something. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That's yeah. A, yeah. 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 That totally makes sense. And you know, that's what the weird thing is. Like, I think there's a small part of me even mm-hmm. when I see somebody like Aziz on TV or a, an Asian person, there is, there's like a part of me where I'm like, well, what's this person doing here? Yeah. I'm not used to this. And it's not like, it's not that we're like racist or whatever. It's just mm-hmm. that we've been like brainwashed to think that only certain like white people belong on television or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And having sex on like, you know, like where um, like old timey Hollywood, like they wouldn't allow like interracial kissing or any, mm-hmm. or like things like that. That's yeah. like still very much in play where you don't see like, that was the first time you saw anybody Brown having sex yeah, on a show period sure. which is crazy you know what i mean yeah i mean yeah. it was even in that movie romeo must die where it had oh, and Aaliyah and Aaliyah. And Je- this is before you're born moss totally yeah <laughs> so they didn't kiss but there was a rem- yeah because it was yeah. like illegal or something well, no, well they played it to test audiences and they didn't like that they kissed mm-hmm. and so it, like it was- the culmination is like an, a hug between jet lee and Aaliyah. wow and you're like okay that's also awkward because so you're supposed to like why are you just hugging like you guys yeah. just saved each other you know <laughs> it's so weird it's like we're right. all brainwashed to think that no jet lee can't kiss people or something right yeah. yeah but you know it brings up an interesting point because i've had the similar i've had a similar relationship to aziz in that like i saw him when i was young and it kind of planted the seed in my brain like oh someone who isn't white can attain mainstream success in Mm -hmm. this space and i feel like it's an almost an unwanted or sometimes wanted side effect of being like an asian person who is in popular media where you just have like the weight of the world like this entire group of people on your shoulders because now you've become like the de facto representation and voice for you know in hassan's case like yeah Billions of people. Totally. They're watching yeah. that. And I guess like from your time working there, did, was that like a pressure you felt at all where you're like, damn, I feel uh, this is how I identify with my identity. But then I'm like creating this show that saw, like millions of Indian Americans are tuning into yeah. every week. And like we have to do good on our end. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. I think it was also it was hard to think about. I, I guess I haven't fully processed these feelings, but I it I almost felt like when I was there, it never felt like we were making a show. It always mm. felt like, oh, I'm coming into the office and like doing the work and then going to the tapings, which are very fun. It's like a very fun live show and it's fun to stand in the back and like secretly get super fucked up and like watch <laughs> the jokes play and stuff. But like <laughs> I never thought about it as like, oh, people are watching this at home and like okay when people would, it just didn't feel real. And like, it didn't after a certain point, I I don't feel like there's a lot of difference between like emotionally between like a hundred people watching something you do and like millions millions of people. Cause it's just like, at a certain point, it's just like, I can't compute all of that. And like, I'm sure it felt different to like, obviously Hassan, who's like out in front of the whole thing and like people are coming up to him. But like 
for me, just like coming to the office, writing my jokes, hanging out. Right. Yeah. Um, it was just like, yeah, this is work. And like, it's, uh, you know, what's interesting about that. Don't you think that's like how Aziz felt? He was like, I'm just writing jokes. And then, but then yeah. people saw him and yeah. were like, you're, you're the representation for, and then, but for him, yeah. he probably felt like you or he's just like, I just write jokes and yeah. uh, okay. Yeah. But I feel like in the case of Hassan, like yeah. I felt like he kind of leans into that. He's like, sort of accepted that role a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think he's he's happy with he's it. He's happy with he it. Likes and it. Yeah, he's yeah. like very comfortable speaking about like identity politics. Yeah. It's like kind of steeped in his whole brand or persona. Totally. Or yeah. Yeah. But for yeah. like Aziz, I'm sure that that was like, Oh, I didn't ask for this, but I guess yeah. I'm like this jokes. unofficial like mascot. For it's me. such an interesting, messy thing. I I don't know how to like how to, to yeah how to think about that really because it's yeah. like it does mean a lot to like see somebody who looks like you up there, but like at the same time, I think as an audience member, like maybe there's some response. Like you have to be responsible for those feelings that you have and not like yeah really put that much because I mean like especially with Aziz, it's like this is just a guy. Yeah. This is just like, and he didn't want this. And like, I don't know, the, maybe that's just something that happens in this stage of it when we're having more people. And like, right. of course, the few people that go first are, it's going to yeah. be fucking messy. Um, yeah. But hopefully we'll get to a point where it's uh, obviously where it's no just normal one. and it's like, you can just be like, uh, whatever. You right. Know? Yeah. Like, it's an interesting thing to think about who has ownership. Cause like, yeah. how you said when you saw Z's, like how you were feeling, mm -hmm. who has responsibility and ownership of all that? You know, yeah. like, he probably didn't want, you know, maybe he does, but like, he probably didn't want to be like a role model for yeah. people, but then he has to because of totally. how he looks and his culture and stuff. Yeah, he wasn't trying to That's make me cry by having sex on TV. He didn't yeah, think that was going to happen just, at all. He was just like writing a scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, or maybe it was. Or yeah. maybe he did. When yeah. he typed that, he's like, I'm going to make a 21-year-old <laughs> half Indian, half Italian kid cry with this one. And then Wait. the second season we're going to Italy, we're fucking dumb with that. <laughs> well, I think Moss would enjoy this. Wait, I didn't know that that you are biracial yeah and as somebody that's biracial i want to i want to just say this i don't know if this is incorrect tell me if i'm mm -hmm. wrong i feel like i rarely see people that are biracial and part indian is yes. that real I don't that know. feels real it's always yeah. i i wonder yeah because i i it's always interesting when i meet another indian european person mm. i feel like i've met a lot of like half indian half american people mm, okay but the the indian european thing is interesting um and the to meet another indian italian is like very strange and it's happened maybe once or twice and we're always like whoa i didn't know you there was another one wow like, did you fight each other <laughs> we didn't know to him. the death they're dead <laughs> we did look very similar though which was really? so weird yeah, it's like, i guess it this is just what happens when you put these two cultures together you get <laughs> so the space amazing <laughs> nice hair they had healthy nice hair, hair. No, very healthy hair. very healthy hair that's so crazy um, yeah yeah how is that like how is it like being biracial and half indian like is that what does it i guess you grew up in your the italian side but what does mm -hmm. that mean for like as an indian person it makes you feel i think and I, i'm sure you felt this way too where it's like oh i don't know where i'm from really i don't yeah. really fully because even though i'm very close to my italian side if you look at a family photo I stand out. It's yeah. very, it's like, oh, this is somebody's friend that they brought to the family gathering. Like, it's, <laughs> it's they're a, like, is the that Aziz Ansari? Yeah. <laughs> Did somebody bring Aziz Ansari? Aziz has photobombed this poor Italian family. <laughs> <laughs> I love pasta. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yes, it's so strange. And I, this is kind of shameful to say, but 
I had a I had a emotional moment. Um, I think the closest I felt to kind of feeling like I was from somewhere was I I had to for work at Patriot Act. There was a Trump Indian rally in mm-hmm. Houston, I think, Whoa. where Trump and Modi were speaking together. It's called Howdy Modi, and I was doing something for it for work, and so I was like watching it, taking notes, whatever. And they had these Indian girls come out who were like these like Indian girls from Texas, and they were like. You know, I never knew if I felt like I was from Texas or if I was Indian. And then I realized I was American. And I was like, oh, I know this is a Trump rally, but God, that really speaks to me right now. And I felt like, I hate, I was like, just very like, fuck, I can't believe I have to watch this. This is so fucking stupid. And then I was like, oh, this part's really good. This is, this is just for me right now. I relate to these Trump supporters. Yeah. <laughs> or is everyone else at the office like, these fucking idiots? Yeah. And you're like wiping tears like, yeah, oh for God, sure. so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that because I, yeah. you know, like I said, I grew up in Korea, but I always felt like in Korea, there's like a big stigma about being mixed. Mm-hmm. And I always felt that growing up. Yeah. Um, And so I feel like when I moved to the States, even though it is very racist here, at least there's like room for people. Like yeah. there's like, you know, like you can like what you're saying, you feel very American. I'm like, I feel very American. Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah. There's like racist shit that happens to me all the time. But I'm like, if I say I'm from America, no one's going to be like, no, you're not like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, they are, point. but like, yeah, <laughs> not in the way that Koreans would be like, no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I have a little bit of a different because growing up, I've always, I, I grew up in Texas and I've always identified like those two women you described in that yeah. video. Like, Oh, I'm in between. I'm very American. But I think there was just like too many times I've been burned by systemic racist bullshit where like it was a straw that broke the camel's back. And now instead I've, it's like as a reaction, I've kind of leaned into this like Korean aspect of my identity of the Korean American identity, you know? I feel as being someone that's biracial, I feel like for you, that's easier because you look very like Korean. Yeah. I feel like for me, I get, I'm feeling that burn from both sides. Hmm. So I'm just like, like, I can't like, even when I go to Korea every single time, I'm like overwhelmed with how much negative feedback I get. Cause Korean people are like, say stuff openly. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm like bombarded with weird comments. Wow. And so I'm like both places. I feel kind of like hot potato-y. Like mm, I don't feel, interesting. you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's such a little journey. It's, complicated. it's such a, yeah. That's such an interesting point about uh, maybe, yeah, acting more Korean or like trying to delve into that a little more. Like, I feel like I, I'll do that with like, uh, I'll go through phases where it's like I, f- I feel more Indian or like I feel more Italian or like, yeah, it just it feels like a winding road where it's like I don't know where it'll end up if it'll ever end up anywhere. But right, you pass through a lot of interesting places. I mean, I do think. you ever feel like even among your you grew up with it like much more close to your Italian side of your family, but like, do you ever feel like there's a a little bit more distant because of your biracial identity? Yeah, I I don't think anyone's, I don't think I've ever been treated differently, of course, by my family, but I think there is like a little mental thing, like a a maybe uh, internal personal thing where it's like, it's it's all in my head, Mm. but there is like a little bit of a distance where it's like, oh, I do feel, I don't think as a kid, I ever would have put the words to it that it was because of how I looked, but there is like a sense of like something's different. Like I remember yeah. the first day of first grade, I was the, I was the darkest person in the class, 
And I was like, I feel different. I don't know why. And then I thought it was because I was the only one wearing khakis. And I was like, it <laughs> oh, must wow. be the khakis. But I remember that it's that such a memory. So That's so interesting. Yeah, oh, it's so sweet. Yeah. It's such a visceral memory of so just being yeah. there and being like, why? What's different? And it's like, oh, these fucking khakis. Of course, everyone's got blue oh. pants and I got these khakis. That's so sweet. <laughs> and I stopped wearing khakis. <laughs> oh, oh. That's so sweet, though. That very sweet. I like seeing the one, like what you were saying, the family photos. You're different. Like, we're mm-hmm. like, we're spicing it up, man. Yeah. It's just like this, like, boring ass white family. And then here we are. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Someone <God>. got freaky. <laughs> Anyways, Moss, uh, this is another question that we like to ask all of our guests. Yeah. And that is, what is something that you're proud of? Oh, interesting. What am I proud of? Um,. I, what's like a typical answer someone gives to that? Is it like a, a work thing or like a... No, we can't say. No, you, no, just, totally. have, you just have to tell us. What <laughs> just you tell us. There's no right or wrong answers, I feel answers, like this is Moss. you being very Asian though. You're like, yeah, what I'm, did everyone else say? Yeah, I'm like, I'm also proud <laughs> of what the they answer? said. Yeah. <laughs> what's, is it A or B? What's the answer? Um, I am, something that I think I take pride in is that I think I... I and I, I come back to this a lot. Um and I actually I had this not to not to go on too long about this very simple pride question. Um but I had a very good acid trip when I was in college and I kept like I had this image of myself of just like I, and I, it's funny I've never talked about this but um of my head like of just kind of standing and li- like just looking up at the sky and I just kept seeing myself that way of, of just kind of looking up at the sky and it's like I it I felt and maybe it's less of a visual thing and, and more of how it felt emotionally, but I felt like that was such a a quality of myself that I take a lot of pride in where it's like I am I'm just like maybe not observant, but I think I am uh I think I take things well. Like I think uh and maybe this guy thing doesn't fully make sense verbally now that I'm saying it out loud, but like it feels like it makes sense where it's like I think that if something really bad is happening I think I can handle it okay. And I think that I can like be sad, but maintain the thing of like, well, this is all a little bit funny or like, this is an interesting thing to get dealt. But Mm. I don't think I, I don't think I ever get sad about being sad. Right. Mm. That's something I take a lot of pride in where it's like, I can stay level. Um, That makes sense to me. Even before we started recording, you fill us in a little bit on this, this heartbreak that you were oh, for experiencing, sure. but you follow that up with, by saying, Oh, this, this will pass. Like this too shall pass. Yeah. Which I feel is something I have to remind myself constantly. Cause unlike you, like I get sad about being sad. Totally. Yeah. I have to like check in and be like, okay, no, this is going to pass. Like in a year, this will be a nothing. Yeah. I think that's like very interesting and good answer. And it's also something that I like, uh, take pride in with myself like mm-hmm. I can handle a lot yeah and it's it's interesting that you have like the like you can see that about yourself because I was in therapy once and I, I was telling my therapist I was like you know I can handle a lot like I'd never get stressed out like under pressure I'm fine mm-hmm. and I was like oh I think it's because I had like a shitty childhood where I had to deal with a lot of like abuse mm-hmm. and I can I just I just know how to plow through stuff but my therapist was like no, I think that's just like your personality and like you should, <laughs> that's your strength. Yeah. And you, sh- that's not because of anything. It's right. just who you are and that you should be like proud of that. 
Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, yeah. so you should be proud of that. Thank Not you. a lot of people can do it. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's something that I have to like make a conscious effort to get better. Brian so. can't do it. He gets freaking, <laughs> he gets yeah. freaky reeky on us. But oh, I think for sure. it's like, yeah. 100%. And then I have to be like, Brian, breathe. Brian. <laughs> there have been so many times in public where I'm like, Brian, it's going to be okay. I know, I know, I know, yeah. I know. But that's, you shouldn't be ashamed of that. That's I cleansing mean, for yeah. yourself. There's other good aspects of myself. <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> there are other things to be proud of. Right? There's other things. Uh, and Moss, yes, to answer your question, most people, oh, yeah. they do talk about their career, but you described an acid trip and that's okay. Totally. <laughs> A rambling acid trip. Um, I take no pride in my career. It's all, it's all just acid. Well, we're proud of you. Oh, we're proud you of guys. your career. This You're is hilarious. so nice. This is such a fun, nice podcast. I love this. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And also yeah. if, if whenever standups back up again, you, everyone please check out Moss. He's so funny. Oh, I've you. only seen you once, unfortunately, but it was, it was amazing. Oh my God. Thank you. You guys are both great. This is a lovely podcast. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah, Moss, where can our listeners find you and your work? Um, not many places. Uh, <laughs> I guess you can follow me on Instagram. This is such a stupid thing. I, I got rid of Twitter, and so I, I guess I'm just on Instagram. Um, Why did you get rid of Twitter? Oh, it was killing me. It was breaking my brain. I was like, I just can't deal with... Um, I, I got rid of it a, 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 probably towards the beginning or middle of quarantine, and I just yeah. felt like... I had such a, I just felt like I was getting a sense that everyone on it was just the stupidest version of themselves. And I was like, I just can't. It, it is making me like filled with rage. Yeah. I, I don't tweet. Like, I don't go on it either. Yeah. That, yeah. That's kind of this. I share the same sentiment. Yeah. And I'm like, mm, but then also funny. I laugh the hardest <laughs> every day at something I see on Twitter. It makes yeah. me laugh so hard. It doesn't feel good to be at, to feel out of the loop. I feel like there's so many jokes that I've missed and like, there's a shorthand that everyone has where I'm like, Oh, I don't, I don't know about those things anymore, but I'm such an advocate of it. I think everyone should just delete their Twitter. It's, it'll, it'll make you insane. Um, I think so too. Yeah. So that, that's actually what I have to plug is just get rid of Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> what about your Instagram? It's, oh, it's, sorry. I should have said the name of it. <laughs> it's just at Moss Pericone. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I mispronounced your last name. Oh no, you're so oh, fine. It's, <laughs> it's Pericone? Yeah. Is that a different sex thing? To, to bring it back to the Moss beginning. Is that, Moss. I think it does change things a little uh, bit. It changes things a lot. Oh my God. What's the now you're like, now you're like whips and chains. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> whips and chains. Like you're eating like a hoagie. Yeah. Like a full blown fucking submarine <laughs> sandwich. Wow. While pumping away. Mom, That's Mom, what I see yeah. now. The, 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 well, the one difference for me is Moss Pericone <laughs> post sex type of dude who has like a crystal ashtray will put it on his own chest with like the girl yes. over him smoke a cigarette but it's not tacky and it's not it's, <laughs> not. Like, it's not tacky most people would be like all right fucking Serge Ginsburg yeah, whatever but you do that it's very it's, Serge it's Ginsburg. chill <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's very artsy it's a lot more artsier but then also weird. like paint something whippy you know <laughs> yeah Some, so, someone's gonna bleed wow. my brain's gonna bleed <laughs> 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 Young me, what, uh, where can our listeners find you? You can fo follow me on Twitter. I still have it. It's breaking my brain. I'm insane now at YM Mayor. It's literally, it is ruining my life. Yeah. You can follow my Instagram at also at YM Mayor. You can follow the follow Brian on at it's Brian Park and and follow our podcast page at Feeling Asian Podcast. Please and subscribe to their Patreon. Leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Five stars. We have gotten more, uh, a couple one stars recently. Shut up. Really? Yeah. From who? 
are more our biggest enemies. Okay, I'm gonna read the reviews after this. Let's just assume that one of them is the skank top because you didn't skank show up. You didn't, you didn't show up to him. To his DJ party. Spinning oh, he was some spinning records. Discs. Yeah, you gotta go to that. <laughs> Come on, I could get a ride in the sidecar. Yeah. Anyways, thanks guys. Bye. Bye.